Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For the touchdown, yeah. Um, you should have had another post for a touchdown. I overthrew him on the first one. And, um, but, yeah, we knew going into it, you know, the safety kind of gets nosy on, um, you know, high crosses, low crosses, and he sometimes plays it low. So just saw the low safety and um, put the post on it. I told him I wasn't going to miss him on it again if we came back to it. And, you know, of course, DJ ran a great route. Um, line protected. Um, you know, just felt like I had it all day back there on that one. But, yeah, I just delivered the ball to DJ. Of course, he did a good job of uh, getting his feet down. And, you know, it was a great play all around. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Justin Fields talking about not only the miss to DJ Moore, but also the make, which was a dime. Everybody was excited about that one. The first one just, it's the same issue with his short throws, right? They're just rockets. Like, got no finesse. A little bit more air, just a little, a little dot, you know? Man, I wish he would have connected on that first one. I know DJ Moore wishes he would have too. Darnell Mooney, if you watch the replay, he's like, he's looking over his shoulder like, damn, was that for me? And then all of a sudden it lands in DJ Moore's hands, and you're like, ah, great throw there. Justin Fields today had himself a game. You know, we were talking about Jared Goff and his three interceptions. Jared Goff hasn't had three interceptions since September of 2019. I mean, I would have thought he'd never have thrown a three-interception game, but he also had a four-interception game back in 2018. So, Oh, I remember who that was against. Was that against us? Heck yeah, it was. It was against the Bears. Oh, man. 15-6. to six. Remember that yeah. the offensive line trick play touchdown? Huh. Uh, you got that good young memory. <laughs> oh, I remember that 2018 year. That I, I, I would be lying to you, Gabe, if I didn't sit in my room bored and just watch 2018 Bears highlights. Feeling sorry for myself. because Dude, they don't just, do that. That sounds depressing. Well, I want to watch good Bears football, and that's the last time we really had good Bears football. <laughs> yeah, that would probably make me more depressed. But... <laughs> but again, Sorry, Jared Goff, uh, last time he threw three picks, September 2019 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He lost that game 55-40. to 40. Bruh, that's wild. <laughs> that's a wild. Wow. He threw the ball 68 times in that game. Get out of here. 45 for 68. It almost looks like a typo. 45 for 68 for 517 yards. And they lost... 55 to 40. 55 to 40 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unbelievable. Jameis James Winston threw four tutties. 28 for 41, four touchdowns. Damn, that's pretty impressive. Wow. Chris Godwin, 12 catches, 172 yards, two tutties. But Jared Goff, do you remember who his number one receiver was before it was Cooper Cup? I'm going to say Brandon Cooks. Robert Woods, 13 catches, 164 yards in that one. So they had a really good offense that year. Sean McVay. All right. Uh, but we're talking about the Bears and the meltdown that was. Bears lose to the Detroit Lions 31-26. We're going to be talking about it all day here on 670 The Score. 
It is a Plumbers 911 football Monday presented by Busey Bank, and it's not a game, Illinois.com. Dustin Rhodes taking over in a little less than an hour now with the pregame show. And then Mully and Hall. They got Olin Cruz at 7, Brad Biggs at 725, and then DJ Moore at 8. So the morning show kicking off in just a little bit. Uh, got some heavy hitters on there. Then Bernstein and Holmes, 11, 12, and 1. They got Anthony Heron, Dan Wiederer, and Mark Schler at the top of those hours. And then Parkins and Spiegel, they got Kurt Warner at 240. Mark Grody at 4. And then Jalen Johnson at 5 o'clock. Must listen to radio here on 670, the score following the Bears' loss. Uh, but let's go out to the phone lines. I want to hear from you. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel, what you think this issue goes all the way up to the top. It, it passes Luke Getze. It passes Iberflus. passes even Ryan Poles, right? Yes. Uh, I remember calling in like a couple of weeks ago, and I, I remember saying, if I'm Kevin Warren, I got him in my office, I'm finna give him the business. Today is the day. Somebody, I know it's like, I've seen a lot of stuff in that game that they should have won. Uh, they should have won, and and Jalen Johnson, if he wants money, he got to make that interception. That's a momentum changer right there, bro. They they had the game. Uh, yeah, that one definitely cost big, them like at least I don't know eight nine million dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a that was a money making interception right there. And then what I what gets me about the Bears as well other teams or especially losing teams, you make a big play, you got to run down to the other side of the end zone and. Point yeah. to the fans and all, bro. Win the game, then do that. Don't do all that because now you looking real, looking real foolish right now. Uh, yeah, but, but we know why they do that, right? This is twenty twenty three. If I get myself in front of a camera, it's just a little more FaceTime to get a little bit more money the next time that check rolls around. It's exactly why Jalen Johnson did it the other day, and it's exactly why everybody else does it, right? Because they understand that's just the culture of the game right now. But, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you, you're 100 percent right, bro. Uh, and I, I agree with you on the Justin Fields uh, assessment. He he middle of the road. Uh, yeah, you know, if I'm them, like you said earlier, if you got these draft picks, you got to pull the trigger, get somebody. I mean, I'd rather start with a uh, a guy that could do it than a guy that you know he inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's about I, Daniel. I think it's about finding a quarterback, right? And if you have a quarterback that you feel like you've assessed properly, then the only way to get a better quarterback is to try to bring someone in. Is it a guarantee that you're going to hit on that quarterback? No, but it's better to try to do that with a top draft pick than it is like a fourth rounder or or a, a, a veteran that's traveled to eight different teams. You know, it's tough. But one thing I can agree on with you, Daniel, is that if I, I don't know if I was Kevin Warren, but I will say if I was just Ryan Poles, like people should people should be fearful of of any text messages they get today from Ryan Poles. They should be. Not that that's going to happen. But like Ryan Poles should be sending out at least one text message to one person and it should be like, "Hey, can I see you in my office when you walk in today?" You know what I mean? That's what it should be. Or or maybe do them like they do everybody else. "Hey, when you're done with your job today, can you come see me before you leave?" And you're like, "Uh, no." <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to see you before you sleep. But I do think I do think that the Bears have nothing to lose by moving on from Lou Getze right now. 
You just want to see, like, you just want to see. I just want to see something else. I, I, Lou Getze, I've seen what you can do. You are not going to show me anything new. And I don't like what I've seen. So, bet, you're gone. Yeah! <laughs> you're out of here. And then, like, let's just, you know, listen, I don't, the answer is not Andrew Ginoco, right? I don't think that's the answer in terms of, like, long-term success for the Chicago Bears. However, I do think Andrew Ginoco, not to say that Luke Getze isn't doing this, but I do think Andrew Ginoco would involve Justin Fields a little bit more for the last six weeks of the season if he were calling the plays. Like, hey, let's sit in this room. Tell me what you really want to be running in this situation. And instead of just asking him the question and letting it go in one ear and out the other, Maybe he'll actually listen and implement that. Again, not to say that it's foolish to, for me to make that assumption that Luke Getzey is not doing that, but that's what it feels like, right? So I'm not saying that's what's happening, but that's what it feels like. Like Luke Getzey just continues to do whatever he wants. And then he thinks that he's just smarter than the other team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fool you. <laughs> I'm going to fool you because I'm so good. Instead of, hey, man, I got this this set formation and I need a couple of yards. Maybe I should try to get a first down here, but whatever. My frustration lingers from yesterday and I'm sure it does for you too, but that's why we're here taking phone calls so that that way we can be a sounding board. Not only up until five o'clock, but for the whole entire day here on six seventy, the score. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Three, one, two, six, 67, 67. Let's go to Kyler from Dalton. So, when you think that, or when you envision Justin Fields on the sideline, what did you, what did you want him taking away, or what did you want him learning while he was there, and, and did he show it to you uh, in yesterday's game? He showed he he was poised, he was relaxed. This is the most I've ever seen him relaxed. He didn't rush, and I could thank Bajan for that. Bajan, by him being out there watching Bajan. Bajan is cool and poised. He's young, of course. I, I'm, I'm for Justin. Um, um, Getty blew that game. When he put uh, Khalil Herbert in for that short, all we needed was a first down. He should have put Johnson in there. Johnson weighs about 230. That boy weighs about 218, maybe that. He don't know how to run. And Getty needs to get his stuff together. Because he blew that game. And what was D.J. Moore? How come you didn't have D.J. Moore out there on that pass number 13 minutes? He was, he was out there, and he was actually uh, wide open on that play, Kyler. He was, he was, yeah, he he, was but he's, he's in his spirit. Okay, okay. You, you got to make adjustments to catch that ball. He, he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Taking the shot downfield was... I mean, hey, I, I get it though, right? You're feeling yourself. You just threw a dime to DJ Moore, you know, for the Tutty. Yes. And you feel like you can duplicate that. And, you know, Tyler Scott, I mean, I'm sure they had their connections in practice and stuff. But what, what, what's your take, Kyler, on, on just Justin Fields as a whole? I mean, you said that you saw that he learned a little bit from Tyson Bajan. I like him. Justin, in the beginning, what was wrong with Justin? Justin was rushing. Justin put too much pressure on himself. When he saw Bajan go out there and just do the basic job, Justin came out and looked like a seasoned pro yesterday. Would you agree? Um, he didn't rush. He, 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 he's still young. I, I 
Yeah, uh, thanks for the call, Kyle. I wouldn't say better than I've ever seen him. I think that'd be that that'd be a stretch. I think what you're talking about specifically is pocket presence, and I think that what Justin Fields did well yesterday was being decisive. Right, I'm gonna drop back. If my play is not there, I'm not gonna just hold the ball and run around and get sacked. I'm gonna either gonna take off running. You know, or I'm going to get to the outside and get the ball out of my hands. And I think he did a really good job of that. I think I know what you're talking about in terms of, you know, Justin Fields looking like a deer in headlights sometimes when he's in that shotgun position where he does look frazzled. You know what I'm saying? Especially anticipating the pass rush getting to him. But I thought the O-line did a great job. The one sack he took, I think he had the ball. I think we were counting. It was like five seconds he had the ball. And he was in the pocket for five seconds, not even running around. So, I mean, but the O-line as a whole, right, as a whole, I think they did a really good job for Justin, uh, giving him opportunities to get get the ball out, you know, good blocking for the run game. Um, so I think that's what you're leaning on, Kyler, but it'd be, it's, it'd, be a, it'd be tough to argue that this was his best game ever. But I hear what you're saying. I, I know what you're pointing to, and he certainly did some things better than he'd ever done before. All right, um, I am doing – this last hour better than I've done before. That's what I'll tell you. And, of course, uh, we got a great show for you guys all day today. Some great guests, great lineup on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. Of course, Dustin Rhodes picking it up at 5 o'clock with the pregame show. Olin Krutz hanging out at 7 o'clock. It's only three hours away. Make sure you set your alarms for that. That's going to be great. Brad Biggs at 725. DJ Moore at 8 o'clock. And then if you're headed home, you'll probably be up by 11, maybe 12. Uh, that's when Anthony Heron and Dan Weeder would jump on with Bernstein and Holmes. And then Mark Schlereth, who just had the call for the Bears, he's going to be hanging out at 1 p.m. with the dynamic duo. Then Parkins and Spiegel round things out. 2.40, Kurt Warner comes on and talks about maybe whether or not Justin Fields did have or not the best game of his Chicago Bear career. Mark Grody jumps on at 4. And then Jalen Johnson Final guest of the day at 5 o'clock with the fellas as well. All right, uh, we're taking more phone calls. I'm here till 5, and I want to hear from you. 312-644-6767. Whose fault was it for this loss? Was it Justin Fields? Does he still have some blame for you know not putting up points at the, in the fourth quarter? Is it the coaching staff for being too conservative? What say you? Take your calls after this. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Golf's been so good on third down. Passing the football. They haven't been in a position to have to go for it on fourth down today. Goff, not good that time. His third interception, and it's another Bears newcomer, Tremaine Edmonds. Back in the lineup, and he's got the third Bears pick. He's thrown one to Stevenson, and to Edwards, and now Edmonds. All three in their first year with the Bears have picked off Goff. A fourth Lions giveaway. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. My guy Adam Amin with the call right there. He was alongside Mark Schlereth, who will be joining Bernstein and Holmes today at 1 o'clock. It's Gabe Ramirez on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank. And it's not a game, Illinois.com. Dustin Rhodes taking over in about 40 minutes with the pregame show. And then uh, Olin Cruz jumping on at 7, DJ Moore at 8 with Mully and Hall. Make sure you guys are listening to that. Jalen Johnson, the double dropper. He'll <laughs> be on at 5 o'clock with Parkinson Spiegel as well. Uh, so make sure you guys are listening to that. Ah, what a game. Bears lose despite all the interceptions. Um, and unfortunately, just it, it sucks to say that you know you got to put a couple more points on the board, but you got to put a couple more points on the board. You're looking at the touchdowns for the Detroit Lions. The last two possessions of the first half resulted in touchdowns. The last two possessions of the fourth quarter or the second half resulted in touchdowns. This can't this can't be the case. Can't be the case. Uh, but unfortunately, it was. And so, what would have been. A, a, a defining moment for this era of the Chicago Bears turned into more of the same, and it's unfortunate. But we get a chance to talk about it right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez taking your calls, 312-644-6767. Let's go to Carl out in Antioch. So, Carl, what was your takeaway from this game? What's going on, buddy? So, to... Everyone that is listening and watching the game today, if you have never witnessed it before, I would like to introduce you to the Art of Tanking 101. This is how it's done, where you could wipe your hands of all guilt and say, hey, we didn't lose on purpose. You do it the right way. You can't just kneel. You can't kneel three times and give them the ball. That's too obvious, and you're going to face scrutiny from the rest of the league. You got to hand off the ball very, very obviously hold the ball out and let the defense know, hey, guys, we're hold, we're going to hand it off and we're just going to run it into the big pile of nine guys, okay? And then we're going to do it again. 
if you look on the sideline, I think that, that Getsy had a big sign that said, hey, Campbell, we're going to run the ball at that big block of Hawaiian blue jerseys. All right. So we're getting one yard, zero yards. The one yard was a mistake. We weren't supposed to gain one yard that one time. All right. What we were supposed to do is just make sure we don't fumble the ball. Okay. We're not trying to gain any yards. We're trying not to fumble the ball. That way you could say we were playing conservative. Not that we weren't, we were trying to lose on purpose, right? What we're doing is we're decreasing the chances of us winning as much as we can. We can't just lose. We can't just like, fields can't just throw it to someone. Then 39, we're not going for like a 15-yard pass or a 20-yard pass. We're throwing a 50-yard pass. The pass that we called is the type of play that a team down by nine points calls when they're trying to hurry up and score a touchdown and then get an onside kick and get the ball back. That's the type of play we call. We were winning, and we decided to throw a 50-yard pass when all we needed was nine. I'm not saying you got to go for exactly nine. You could go for 12 or 13, but why 50? What a, what a huge number. Like, it's like, it's like uh, Getsy was playing Madden on his Sega, and he just doesn't know what to call, so he just goes for the bomb every single time. Just bomb it 80 yards to Jerry Rice. Bomb, 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 incomplete, incomplete. And he's like, I'm trying. And then after and when we throw it along, if they intercept it, well, then it's good strategy by Getsy because if they intercept it, it basically works out the same as a punt. That is the most ultra, super safe, wussy, conservative way <laughs> to call any start of a drive. The first one was like Fields went up there and he was like, down, set, hand off to the left, hand off to the left. In three seconds, three, two, one, hike, and then Herbert runs into everyone. Oh, well, that didn't work. Hey, guys, they in the huddle. That didn't work. Carl, let me All ask right. you this, Carl. Let me ask you this. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I love the, the concept of, of tanking 101, the art of tanking winning, 101. Winning doesn't help us. Winning does not help our franchise. But, but, but what, what's the benefit of taking for the Chicago Bears? I mean, they already have someone that's sitting in that spot to hold down and, and no, keep, no, keep no, warm no, the number one pick. Our second, our our own personal pick needs to be the best it could be. All right, it affects our positions of all of our other picks throughout the draft. All right, it, it, it's everything. I know we traded our second, but our third round pick will be better. Our fourth round, if we if we have them, their winning does not do anything for us. Losing gets us the best positions available. Every spot counts. I hear you, Carl. Right, I hear you, Carl. I hear you, and I, and I understand. And I think I would, I would, I would disagree or push back a little bit on the importance of a victory in, in that position, specifically against the Detroit Lions. But one, Coach Eberflus has never won a game in division. You're at the midway point, or you know, saying a little bit further up, up, up along than the midway point, and you're getting your quarterback back. Your defense is playing better than it's ever played you know your your wide receiver room is looking good the the running back room seems to have worked itself out with Deontay Foreman you know being at the forefront of that of that room everything was there and then you get the opportunity to have this litmus test against the Detroit Lions to really see where you are at as a franchise and the opportunity was staring you in front of your face to no one would have cared. They would have still cared, but no one would have cared as much what would have happened at the rest of the season as long as you did that and you proved that it's capable because sometimes that's what you need. You need a game that you can point to to be like that 
that's Bears football or that. That's how we want to play this game. We say it for Justin Fields, right? When we point to some of his 300 games, yard games that he's had earlier in the season and multi-touchdown games, we're like, look, look, look at that game. Look at that game. Yeah, well, those were against, at the time, two of the worst defenses in the league. But now you look at, at, at Eberflus in this game in particular, and it was a statement game, an opportunity for you to hang your hat on a victory against a team that could potentially go deep in the playoffs, but one that is most certainly sitting atop the NFC North, somewhere you want to be next season. And to be able to look that demon in the face and say, hey, we might not be there yet, but we could still whoop that ass if we really want to. Now, it's quite the opposite. It's very much, we don't care about the Chicago Bears because we know even if I throw three interceptions, even if I'm down 12 with four minutes to go, we're still better than you. And I think that's the biggest issue and the takeaway from that one uh, for the Chicago Bears because it would have had some weight. Maybe, you know, like I said, it would would have felt good to get that dubbed. Also, time of possession, almost 41 minutes to 19 minutes. And we see the stats, and I always talk about repeatables, and try not to to throw that one around too much because then it just sounds like, you know, you saw the stat online and now you're just repeating it, trying to make it your own. Like if you went and did the research, the one about no team has ever lost after having the ball for 40 minutes and having three turnovers in their favor, blah, 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 blah. Don't repeat that one. Everyone saw that one already. It still sucks, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you. I'm talking about, you know, people that are listening right now, you know? No, no. It's just the whole thing. It's just. Yeah. Ugh. Trust me. We all feel the same way. That's why we get a chance to talk about it. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 to score. Let's go out to Robert from Roselle. So, Robert, despite the three, despite the, 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 the interceptions by Edmonds and Edwards and the sack by Sanborn, you still got some issues with the linebackers, huh? I sure do on that last drive. Well, actually, the last two drives. But before I get to that, just remember the old line, who could hold Jordan under 20 points was Dean Smith. Who could take the momentum away from the Bears' offense? Yeah. It's Lou Getze. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so, so anyway, so that first pass in that minute 16 drive, the linebacker catches the receiver at seven-yard gain. He don't bring him down. How does he run for 30 more yards and runs out of bounds? And then the next time, Samber can't bring the guy down on another eight-yard pass. He goes 14 yards, and then obviously the touchdown pass. But the thing that really bothered me was when they showed the replays behind Goff, mm-hmm. his right lane for his throwing arm, there was nobody rushing on that. Sweat was taken outside wide. He kept, like, going out wide, so maybe he didn't want Goff to maybe, you know, leave the pocket. But nobody's rushing on his right arm. That lane was wide open for him to keep throwing. I, I don't understand the defense. When when it comes time to put the pressure, they don't. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting dance, right, Robert? Where you have to play where. Well, I was talking about this uh, on Fox Thirty Two yesterday, and it was that the 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 front four was creating a significant amount of pressure in the beginning of the game, and I'm sure the assumption was that they were going to be able to duplicate that success on those last couple of drives where I disagree with that notion. I want to be very clear. I'm all about the blitz. I'm all about making Jared Goff obviously threw interceptions when he was under duress. So why would we not want to recreate that environment for him? Right. So I'm in agreement with well, you there. I feel well, like yeah, they should have open. Yeah. The linebacker or brisket, the, the, the lane for Fuller even was wide open because everybody was running downfield. And I'm like, why are we letting him stand there with his right arm? He's right handed. 
the lane's open. Why? And, and and let's not forget, I mean, if there's one thing that we know Jared Goff does well, he could dink and dunk you to death. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why why give him the opportunity to sit in the pocket and just, you know, complete passes to to, to exceptional talent in the wide receiver position? You know, it's like, it's, it's just not... Yeah, and then the Bears went to sleep on the tight end at the end of the game, too. 87 all of a sudden starts catching passes. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. we got to guard the tight end, I guess, too. Yeah, I Sammy Laporta is a guy. But, and I think what would help both fields quite a bit. And I think that the Bears need to go ahead and get a receiver complimentary to either a Chase or a Jefferson to help with more. That would be tremendous on that offense. Yeah, I, I struggle with that, Robert, because I think about Justin Fields and what his skill set is as a quarterback, and it's not one that's going to be able to get two wide receivers, eight to ten targets a game. and That's what you're going to need to do to make both of them happy. The last thing yeah. you want is a Marvin Harrison Jr. on the team, and you only got four or five targets a game, right? This is a guy who is a generational talent, probably going to be one of the best wide receivers in the league in a couple of years, and, and he's going to need to be targeted nine times. But if you're targeting him nine times, we can't have DJ Moore being targeted five. So, like, that's the conundrum that I feel like exists if you bring in another wide receiver. But I do yeah. agree. There needs to be help. Right? There well, needs to be help. Somewhere or another bigger running back. Because just some Herbert just sometimes just can't push people. He gets through the hole. Yeah. He can't push somebody two yards. Yeah, it's a great point. And that's why we felt so strongly about and uh, about the success of Deontay Foreman when we saw him actually you know, get the opportunity to get some snaps in. I mean, this is a guy who was inactive because the team had fallen in love with Roshan Johnson. And listen, Roshan Johnson's great. Khalil Herbert's awesome. But neither one of them are Deontay Foreman. And I think that that's been proven um, throughout the last couple of weeks. But, you know, Deontay Foreman looked like he banged his shoulder up a little bit at some point. Had a little stinger. C- Corey Wooten called it a heater. I said, a heater? Why are you calling it a heater? That, like, when you hurt your shoulder, shouldn't that be a stinger? He's like, no, no, no. Cause all the heat that travels through your through that muscle, he's like when you injure it, you feel like this burning sensation. So we call it a burner. So okay, or heater. I was like okay, whatever. I got you. But it's interesting. Most certainly, the Bears need to improve their team, right? And it's just a matter of you know where that would be. Because if if you're looking at this game, like what position would you have added, or could you add to that you felt like would would have made a difference in this game, right? Not offensive line, they played well. Defensive line got to the quarterback. Linebackers played well, got the turnovers. DBs, you know, Stevenson got the fumble on the special teams and the interception. Like, what, where in this game in particular, not the Bears as a whole and, you know, for the future, but this game in particular, like, what could you have added that would have led to that victory? Mm. Oh, I thought you had an answer. No, no, I I have one now, and I really think that even though they didn't get to the red zone in a lot of those possessions, Cole Komet's been a huge red zone asset for Fields or Bajan, but especially Fields. They could have maybe used him to, you know, do his thing on play action when they got into that 30, 20-yard line. I love, I love that you said that because that's something that the Bears don't do enough of. When they get into the gold zone, right, the 30 yards and in, that's it right there. Like, like, take one shot. Corner of the end zone where only Cole Komet can get it, where only EQ can get it, whatever, whoever. But take a shot to the end zone that, like, that's not within five yards. 
Because like, I guarantee you no NFL defense has someone that can cover 6'6-260 Cole Komet. I mean, you know, give him a shot. Draw up to play. But unfortunately, that's that's not what happened for the Chicago Bears. So, yeah, maybe another weapon in the red zone would have been the answer to push, put them over the top in this game. Maybe put up another score in that instance. Who knows? Uh, but unfortunately, the Bears lose to the Detroit Lions 31-26. Next game, next week, Monday against the Minnesota Vikings. I, I call it the doppelganger game. I was just about to say, Gabe, it's the it's the Dobbs Fields, the doppelganger game. It's the doppelgame. The doppelgame. The doppelgame. The doppelgame. I love that. Two guys staring at each other like, we're the same. Are you? I am. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Well, did you see <laughs> like, Did you see Dobbs blew a fourth quarter lead tonight as well? I mean. Through the interception early in the game. I mean, it's, it's what I talk about, right? Where. He is he is electrifying enough where Minnesota was like all behind him for those first couple of games. And they still are, I'm sure. But these games happen. Like this is just what this is what happens when you are in the middle of the bell curve of NFL quarterbacks. You have some good games, you have some bad games. Coach Eberflus talked about it for the last seven weeks. All he wants is consistency. But I don't know if a consistent 170 in the air. And 100 on the ground is enough to give your coaches and the GMs a vote of confidence in you moving forward. That remains to be seen. Ooh. I'm also nervous facing Brian, or for them facing Brian Flores' blitz-heavy defense again. Yeah, I mean, you got to be better equipped for it, right? It's the second time you're seeing it, you got to plan accordingly. I think the Bears are, you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a close game, but it's gonna come down to the fourth quarter. I don't know about you, but I feel like most eyes should be on Luke Getzey because it just seemed like time and time again he failed to adjust to the blitz. So I don't know about you, Gabe, but Luke Getzey needs to bring a really, really good game plan so well, he could not he have what happened a month ago. Well, hopefully he doesn't go five wide to start off the game. Uh, no let's way. go back out to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Tobias out in Wisco. Good to talk to you again, Tobias. Talk to me about this game. All right, Gabe, my mellow fellow. Look here, man. First of all, I'm going to answer your question, uh, a couple questions that you posed. Uh, number number one, um, when you said it, it was a defining moment, it could have been a defining moment for the Bears. I just want to say it was a defining moment for the Bears. It, it, it defined that these coaches are trash, point blank, period. They don't know what they're doing. And and also, the other, the other comment I got to make is that you asked what, position would help the Bears. I mean, it's clearly wide receiver. I heard what you said with the other caller, but come on, man. The more weapons that you have, you see how excuse me, how happy uh, Justin was when he got DJ Moore. And so if you add, a, a, you know, another guy, another wide receiver that can go out there and do his thing, that would definitely help Justin Fields. He would love that. And also, man, I, you know, I got to say that, you know, that Denver game w- when we lost, that was the Bears plan not to lose again, and then they lost. And so they followed up against the Washington game, and then they played to win, right? So then, because you, you thought Eberflus learned from that mistake. Oh, no, they come right back when it's crucial time in this game, and they played not to lose again. And also, what, one more other thing, Gabe, is I want to say is that did, no, did anybody see that, that throw when it was a couple minutes left to go and the ball was low to, to the St. Brown brother? And it looked like the ball bounced. Hit the ground. There was ne- yeah, it hit the ground, and they never they never challenged it. They never replayed it. None of that stuff. And I, I'm wondering, you know, so sometimes it really makes you wonder if, if this stuff is set up somehow 
But also, I just want to say that that game killed my spirit for the year. I'm going to watch, but I won't be hooping and hollering no more. They, they killed me, man. They, they, they killed my Bears football. Yeah. I appreciate you, my brother. I Have got a good you. One. I got you, Tobias. And, right. and the reality is there's a lot of us out there that still had an inkling of hope, you know, just to watch a good game and, and everything like that. And I think that, you know, you wanted – you just wanted to be able to – we know as Bears fans for the last couple of years, wins are few and far between. Haven't won two straight in two years, right? So we know that the likelihood is not there. But damn, like you had an opportunity. This is this is the only game. This was our Super Bowl. This was the one game we actually wanted. Yeah, Lions think they're good, but check it out. We're gonna smack them around, and we might not be good, but you know what? We just showed you that. Hey, we're coming. We're close. That's what I wanted Justin Fields to say. We're close. But unfortunately, the Detroit Lions reminded you that maybe you're not as close as you think. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez. It's the Plumbers 911 Football Monday here on 670 The Score. Uh, we got a lot of great guests on. DJ Moore, 8 o'clock. Jalen Johnson, 5 p.m. with Parkinson Spiegel. And coming up in less than 20 minutes, Dustin Rhodes, the pregame show kicking off. Uh, in just a bit. But we're still taking a couple more phone calls before I leave. 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls next. It's Gabe Ramirez on The Score. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Taking a couple more phone calls right here on 670 The Score on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday. Gabe Ramirez leading you all the way up to 5 o'clock. Dustin Rhodes got you there with the pregame show. And then Mullion Hall, they got some really good guests, man. Olin Krutz jumping on at 7 Brad Biggs jumping on at 725, then DJ Moore at 8. Anthony Heron, Dan Weeder, Mark Schlereth jumping on with Bernstein and Holmes at 11, 12, and 1, respectively. And then Parkinson Spiegel, they got a trio for you that you don't want to miss. Kurt Warner at 240, Mark Grody at 4 o'clock, and then Jalen Johnson. Double J, double drops. Damn, that's too harsh. I would never say that to his face. Uh, but he'll be hanging out at 5 o'clock here on the score. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, but let's take a couple more calls before I leave. Let's go out to Lawrence. Lawrence, Bears lose 31-26. A lot of people feel deflated after this one. How do you feel? Lawrence, you there? All right, let's put Lawrence back on hold. Let's go to Nate. Nate, I know you're a field supporter. Tell me more. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, the, the, I, I think uh, I feel like the, the Bears gave up a lot to get Fields in the, the number one uh, draft, and I think if uh, they haven't, he haven't really had a, a real chance. You cannot uh, count the first two years they played with the Bears because they didn't have offensive line nor defense. So he played through it. He got, uh, I think, the first year he got uh, uh, fractured ribs, and he been through the worst. So I don't, uh, I don't think he's been given enough chance right now to, but not to uh, consider him as to give up on on him, Fields, as a quarterback. And if they draft a guy, I think from USC, I think his twenty name is Williams. I think they. Uh, Everybody talking about how good he is, but he never played a down in, in professional football. So you can't rank somebody that never played a down in football. When the, when the Bears got uh, drafted, uh, I mean, when the Bulls drafted Michael Jordan, no one knew that he was going to be the great one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, when uh, Green Bay drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers, nobody figured he'd be as good as he's going to be. So you can't, you cannot judge a person. I think in college. They never played a, 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 a one down of a professional football because it's a whole different game. So to to say that uh, uh, Fields has been through, I think the the, uh, the worst uh, times in his career with, with with the Bears. So and I think he can only get better. He got the experience now. He's going through the worst uh, one of the worst offense and defense. I think that the Bears had the last. Uh, uh, the first, his first two years. This year he he he's gotten better, so I, I don't think he's at his peak. So I think he still got he got a lot to learn, but he he is improving, and you can see it. I, I don't think no quarterback in the NFL could have did much better than him in the first two years with no offense and no defense. That's my opinion. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Nate, and I and I understand that argument, right? I mean, because like I said, we 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 see it with Bryce Young. His team is, you know, void of talent, and we see the struggles that he has. And talent does play a part, right? You need a good offense and a good defense. Um, but I think you can still evaluate people, right? You can still see if they're good or not. And I think that's what a lot of people have been doing with Justin Fields. And you know, again, it's it's not even whether you're good or not. Right, because you got to be good to play in the NFL, right? You see a lot of backup quarterbacks coming in and having, you know, success. Look at Devito from the Giants beating the Commanders. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, those things happen, right? But again, it's about are you are you in the top third of quarterbacks in the NFL? And so, where you know, you talked about Justin Fields. No, no quarterback would have had success in that you know environment. But where would they have been like on a day like today, right? If you're talking about no quarterback would have had success with no offense, no defense, fine. Let's, let's, let's agree on that. But let's take that same quarterback, right, that is decent or good or comparable, and let's put him into the offense that the Bears have now or a day like today where, you know, the defense is healthy, the offense is all operating at a high level. Like what would have happened then? I think that's the part we really got to factor in and take into consideration when evaluating Justin Fields and, and what his future looks like for the Chicago Bears. And I want to be very clear. I do think Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback of the Bears week one of next season. I do think the Bears are still going to draft a quarterback to have someone in place in the event that it does not work out, right? But they're going to give Justin still every opportunity to, you know, hey, you, you, 
the keys are here, Papa. You can either do it or not. And if you do it, bet we got we could trade our guy. And if you if you don't do it, then we can move on from you. But you got to put yourself in that position uh, to feel that way. Let's go back out to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. It's a plumbers 911 football Monday. Guests galore all day today. I'll give you those in uh right after this phone call. Uh let's go to Eddie, my guy. Uh, good to talk to you again, man. What was your big takeaway from this game? Man, we had got we got robbed. If you look at that second quarter right before the half, it was forty four seconds, Detroit going down downfield. It goes from forty four seconds of play clock goes up to a, a minute. They run another play, it goes down to thirty nine, and then they put it back up to forty four. They run another play, it goes down to 24, and it goes back up. But my calculations, as I did the numbers right, they actually got an additional 20 seconds, Detroit, to score at before the half. It's kind of, if you look at it, it's kind of tricky the way they ran that play clock. You could even hear the announcers say, they need to look at the play clock, and then he stops his, uh, his sentence, doesn't even finish his sentence. So I think that even the announcer caught it, but they didn't want to make a big thing about it. Yeah, I mean, there was obviously it was some. It looked wha- it looked wacky because you know they would take the time off the, the 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 TV, and then you know you didn't know if somebody called the timeout. You know the play was the clock was running, and then they would like try to reset it. So there was like definitely some play clock confusion. But guess what? Bye bye. That's why it's called home field advantage. <laughs> no, that's why it's called home field <laughs> advantage. You know, you're right about that, Gabe. You're right about you, that. You get a couple. If, if it was in Soldier Field, that wouldn't have happened. You know, we would have been buttoned up. Matter of fact, the clock would have been running extra in those little moments. A second here, a second there. But but most certainly you could say that, you know, you could take a look at those things. That's 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 what's interesting. All right, one last call, man. Let's go to Frank out in Lombard. Frank, I think a lot of people are, are mirroring your sentiment here regarding this Bears team and the talent that's on it. Hey, uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the Bears just don't have enough whether if it's playmakers on defense or offense, you know, you look at these teams, these other the good teams, and they're deep. We're just not deep enough. And going into this year, I think we all should have expected that. I mean, yeah, they got, you know, they got a little bit better, you know, but it's just, it's just not enough. That being said, I thought Fields played a great game uh, or a good game. And if Scott catches that ball, this is a whole different conversation this morning. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the narrative most certainly is different if he catches that ball. But, I mean, you could point to 10 plays on that that look like that, you know? You could point to 10, 5, 6, 7, 8, whatever it is, amount of plays that where you feel like the game could have changed. But that's why there's an aggregation of plays that equates to a complete game. And you got to play one of those in order to get the dub here in Chicago. All right, that's my time, ladies and gentlemen. Five hours long for you people. Hope you enjoyed it, because I did. All right, again, it's a Plumbers 911 Football Monday. So much coming up for you guys, especially in the next 10 minutes. Dustin Rhodes taking over at 5 o'clock with the pregame show. Then, of course, Olin Cruz, 7 o'clock, Brad Big, 725, and DJ Moore at 8. That's all on Mully and Hall. Then Bernstein and Holmes after that. They got Anthony Heron at 11, Dan Weeder at 12, Mark Schlereth at 1. Then Parkins and Spiegel, they got Kurt Warner at 240, Mark Grody at 4, and then Jalen Johnson at 5 p.m. i got to thank my producer tonight, Tyler Farringall. Hopefully you enjoyed the Taco Burrito King. Baby T. I said that's his, that's his radio name. Who gave you that name? It was me. It was me. 
Ah. All right. Um, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima, that means until next time, which will be tomorrow. I'll be doing 6 to 9 with Hub Arkish. Make sure you're here for that. All right. I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.